Yo, yo, welcome back to the Golf Strong Project, episode seven. Joined as always by Dr. Tim Rivoto up in the great northeast of the United States. I am live from Jacksonville Beach, Florida, a mile from the beautiful ocean and 472 degree weather at the moment. And that's that. Tim, what's up, homie? Nothing. The uh, It's a good day. Thursday, I saw... Uh, Antonio Brown got kicked out of practice <laughs> and, and Thomas is on the top of the leaderboard. So it's all things are right in the world. <laughs> Everything is right in the world. Yeah. I saw that with Thomas. Yeah. That was good stuff. The other, the other news we picked up, this was like last night, Patriots have a uh, preseason game tonight. And apparently there's a competition between Mac and Cam. It is not yeah. Cam show yeah. at the moment. Mac attack may be. The guy, for all of you people listening to this who aren't Boston fans, whatever, you can screw off for the next two minutes while Tim and I talk about this. But it's important stuff. Right? I, know, I, I can't tell if it's uh, just Boston newspaper and like Boston journal journalist hype or it's like actually they're pretty high on him. But hey, I, either way, I'm pretty excited. Belichick's not – I mean, he called Cam the starter, but Cam the other day in his interview was like, yeah, he hasn't told me I'm the starter, so I'm just going to – you know, do my thing and what have you. So I'm going to see. We'll see how they play tonight. We'll see how how it goes tonight. We'll see if if Mac Attack is – I'm just going to call him Mac Attack. I'm sure he's probably already got 100 <laughs> nicknames. But I think Newton calls him like Mac and Cheese or something, whatever. It's a great – Mac is just a great name for nicknames. That's, oh, that's the best. Yeah. Mac. Return of the Mac. It's there just – oh, the best. The best. So – yeah, all exciting, all exciting things that we just love. For anybody who just caught on to that, you can come back and we're going to start talking about golf again. <laughs> high, high quality stuff. All right, so let's let's get into this here. We're going to talk about conditioning today, endurance, conditioning for golfers. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what that means, what it looks like. Again, as always, we will discuss misconceptions because conditioning specifically is – in some ways overutilized and in some ways underutilized. So we're going to kind of rock through that, talk through it, and uh, hopefully you guys feel edumacated when uh, this is all said and done. So let's get into this a little bit here. So when it comes to conditioning for the golfer, Tim, let's 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 talk a little bit about. Whoa, 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 whoa! Uh oh, I got someone, a bunch of holy smokes! What's happening? Blowing you up? Is someone blowing just, up your spot just, right now? I just got like a phone call and then like my computer just started playing in my ear. Uh, Holy crap, dude. I just had so much noise in my headphones. <laughs> I thought for sure God was just talking to me. Just like, just, mm, it's time to go. Just to overstimulate. That was wild, dude. That threw me for a loop. Holy crap. That's like the okay. surge in power right before your power goes out. You get like the quick flash and it's like, boom, everything's black. <laughs> tell you what. <laughs> I couldn't tell if I was going crazy or not. My dog's freaking out now. All right. So, anyways, back to the back to the times here. Let's talk about uh, conditioning. So, Tim, what is? Let's start with a base level definition of conditioning. What is conditioning? What is endurance? Yeah. So, conditioning is going to be basically for what most people call like cardio work. Yeah. Right. So if you ask them what they do in the gym and they say, oh, cardio, you know, I get on the Stairmaster, I get on the treadmill, I get on the bike um, and something that where you're getting your heart rate up, you're working on, you know, your cardiovascular system. So your your heart, your lungs and trying to 
kind of keep work on your engine, so to speak, right? Your motor and, and that sort of thing versus the focus on muscle strength and speed that we've talked about in the prior couple of weeks. And improve your body's ability basically to utilize oxygen. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's the, the, the gist of it is improving your body's ability to do that. And, and remember, your heart is a muscle. Just like anything else, it requires exercise, right? And so for the most part, that's also something to consider is that when we work on some of our endurance work, we are working on getting that heart rate elevated. But at the end of the day, it is about improving our body's ability to utilize oxygen. Yes. So, and that's and that's a good uh, that's a good point. It's a two-part process, right? You've got to get the air into your lungs, breathe it all in, and then you've got to get the oxygen from that air into your blood, out to your muscles. So it's kind of a two a two-part uh, training process there. Yep. And then you got to get rid of the CO2. Dumb and dumber edition. In with the good, out with the bad. In with the good, out with the bad. <laughs> I found his pills. <laughs> pills are good. Pills are good. My ulcer. Uh, classic, classic. <laughs> Great movie. Oh, terrific. So, I actually think we should dive into this first. So when it comes to conditioning for the golfer, Tim, how much base conditioning does a golfer need? So really we just want you to be able to keep your energy level up to play 18 holes. And that's going to, that's going to vary a tiny bit, whether you're walking or you're riding, right? You're going to need more kind of energy and endurance to walk 18 holes versus ride. Mm -hmm. But we just want you to have that, uh, that endurance, that energy level to get through all of the shots that you need to complete for that 18 holes. Period. End of story. In terms of base level of conditioning, that's right. not necessarily our recommendation, but that's all you need to participate in the game of golf. Can you walk or ride 18 holes without holes 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, where you're too exhausted to make the shots you need to make. Uh, so when it comes to heart rates that we see on tour, right, just because we have the data on this, yeah. the heart rates fluctuate between 90 and 120. You might have some outliers that are a little higher and lower, just depending on how hot it is, how tired they are, you know, stress. You know, stress is going to play a role in some of these people's heart rates, but as a whole, between 90 and 120 beats per minute is your average heart rate. Can you maintain that and have it not affect your golf game when it counts? That's really the biggest thing when it comes to conditioning. Tim, do you have anything else to be on that? No, heart rate. And then I'd, I'd say like breathing rate too, like how heavy are you breathing? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So especially if you, if you think like you've got to walk up a hill and then hit a shot, you know, your ability to control your breath, control your heart rate, get your heart rate down to that kind of 90 to 120 zone and then get your breathing down to a level where you're not just panting and, you know, um, really struggling there. That, that'd be the only thing I'd add. That's the truth. That's the truth. And so I guess we'll dive into this quickly now as well is the best way, just like the best way to get better at golf is to play golf. The best way to improve your conditioning specifically for golf, not as a whole specifically for golf is to go walk 18 holes and play golf Definitely. Right? because that is how you improve your ability to do that. Now you could say that, well, 
Uh, I've been riding the bike for th minutes, <clears throat> 30 minutes, excuse me, every other day. And so my conditioning is pretty good. And I always say to those people the same thing. A lot of them have, or people listening to this probably have played sports or they're involved in stuff, right? Especially in high school, because most people played high school sports. When you went from one season to the next. So I give the example of from football season to basketball season for me personally. I was in good shape during football season. I ran all the time. I'm in football practice. I'm wearing pads. Like I'm in good shape. My first week of basketball practice was absolutely brutal. I was tired. I couldn't breathe. I'm like sitting there like dry heaving, like you're exhausted absolutely. because they're not the same thing. They are different things. So just because I just had an older gentleman today and I talked about this, he's constantly riding the bike, riding the bike, <laughs> riding the bike. He went out and played last week for the first time. He's coming off an injury. He was exhausted, exhausted. And he only played nine holes. But he's literally getting like 100-ish minutes of bike riding in a week. So they are different things. So when it comes to getting good at endurance for golf, go walk 9 to 18 holes. That is your base level. Anything That's it. On that? yeah. No. And it, anyone who does walk regularly will knows this well, whether they know – know that they know it or not. Right. I, for me, it's the summer months for you. It might, I know you're in Florida, so it might be the, the fall into the winter months where you're starting to walk again, just cause it's not sweltering. Okay. Um, but for me, like in May, if I'm going to walk 18 holes, I'm pretty tired afterwards. Yeah. You know, I still, I still work out through the winter and everything, but the first time I go and walk 18, I'm pretty tired. And then, you know, now that we're in August, last weekend I went out and walked 18 and didn't even think twice about it. It was, yeah. you know, still felt fresh afterwards i had worked out that morning so you ju you just build you know you build it builds on itself so for that for that guy who just got out uh for the first time i mean that's awesome and and no staying positive with that and knowing all right well, i'm tired now but i've, I've got to keep doing it so i can get get my uh, legs under me get my endurance up yeah they're just they're different things. the body's in different yeah. environments with and you have to plan for that now that's not to say that we are not also doing other endurance conditioning during your training process, right? So for most golfers, now there are some that are the exception, but for most people, their endurance to be able to play the game effectively is one thing. We're also going to work on conditioning in the gym as its own separate entity because you do need a base level of aerobic capacity and conditioning as a whole. And that can be again for heart function. That's for lung function. That's also for maintaining body weight. That's also for building anaerobic capacity. So those are things I still deem under conditioning, you know, whether that is weighted carries, if we're doing assault bike work, uh, all of those things, which we'll talk about, about the things that we like to use are still important. They're just not necessary for the game of golf. The game of golf, be able to walk 18 holes, you're good to go. But to be a good athlete and to optimize your human potential, we do other things in the weight room that do that. So Tim, what what are some ways that you add in aerobic work into your workouts that doesn't necessarily have a direct correlation to golf? Yeah, so um, before I say that, I, I just wanna reiterate like, the baseline is being able to walk 18, right? Yes, yes. yes. So you you don't want to be operating at your baseline every time you go out there, right? 
that that'd be like if every if you could only lift 20 pounds so if you had to load your backpack up like every time you had a bunch of textbooks in your backpack and you're at 20 pounds like you're doing the most work you can do that's just not and it's not man you can't you can't play two days in a row or a couple days a week if you're going at your max capacity all the time so that's just a a quick mention on why it's so important that we that we do this work for sure um yeah, the, the way I like to, so I'm a runner by trade, right? I'm a distance runner, cross country. So I like doing that stuff. So that's part. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. So that's in, that's just in my routine and that's what I like to do. So that's where I get my base aerobic capacity from. You know, I just, I go out two days a week. Usually if I'm like training for something specific, maybe four or five days a week. Uh, but going out for a run, different distances, different speeds, depending on, mm-hmm you know, how well did I sleep the night before? What did I do the day before for workout or play golf? Um, so I think that's one of the keys is it's okay to do that, that longer form bike or running. Cause mm-hmm. I do it myself, but you've got to, you've got to alternate it too. I don't go out every single time and run for an hour and run seven minute miles. Cause that's just not productive. Sometimes I go out and I run eight minute miles. Sometimes I go out and I run three miles. Um, right. So that's a great, it's a great way to work on your just base endurance and your, your aerobic capacity and kind of your, your energy level. So uh, Tim brings up a super good point, which is number one, he just said that he likes to run and thus he runs. And that's one of the ways that he works on his aerobic capacity. That is an important thing because golfers are going to be different in this. I have a lot of different guys. Some guys love to run. It's one of the things they like to do. Some guys only want to get on the bicycle. Some guys I don't have running. You know, I've got some of my older clients right now who they don't run. You know, they're 65, 68, 70 years old, and running isn't one of their ways to get aerobic work in. So maybe we do go on elliptical or a treadmill or they're walking outside or they're on a bike. The thing that you have to understand as golfers watching this right now is that it needs to be specific to you and something you're going to stick with long term. Right. A lot of times people get caught up being like, okay, I have to do 60 minutes of this for it to be effective, or I've got to do 60 minutes of this for it to be effective. Or alternatively, I've got to do CrossFit style workouts. I've got to do HIT style workouts. I've got to do crazy stuff for me to be in shape. It needs to be based on kind of what you like and what you want to do. Now, personally, I, for most clients, have a little bit of a combination of both. They will have some kind of low intensity steady state, which we call LIS, or you'll see it listed as LIS in different things, which is just low intensity and steady state. So that would be running three miles at the same pace. That would be biking for 45 minutes at roughly the same pace with the same resistance versus HIIT training or interval training, where it's a little more high intensity and there's intervals built in. So one of my favorite workouts for clients is they do 15 minutes, they do 20 seconds, balls to the wall, on the bicycle or on the airdyne or the assault bike. And then they rest for a minute and 10 seconds. So that gets a minute and a half essentially of an interval. And then they go 20 seconds hard as they can, you know, a minute and 10 slow, 20 seconds and on and on for 15 minutes, right? It's a very short workout, but you are done when that workout's over, right? You are exhausted, but that's the whole workout, right? Sometimes I'll put that at the end of a strength workout. It depends on where they are in their programming. But sometimes that's it. Right. So I do like to incorporate in the beginning. I like getting a couple, especially if they've done nothing. I like to incorporate a little bit more of that steady state. So if you're listening to this and you've done nothing 
like you've been couch potatoing, or even if you've been doing like a little bit of working out, but not much cardio work, I recommend like get on a bike, bike for a half hour steady state and just see how you do. Maybe we'll increase that to 45 minutes or 60 minutes. And then later on, we'll start adding in more anaerobic type work. So we should, we should go through that. So Tim, aerobic versus anaerobic, what does that kind of mean? Yeah, so aerobic, you can, it, you have basically to get scientific, you have the oxygen available to just keep things going, right? So it's a comfortable level. Your breathing's pretty comfortable. Your heart rate's a little bit higher than normal, but pretty comfortable still. And you can just pretty much carry it on using oxygen. If we're getting into anaerobic, we're getting into a little higher intensity. So your heart rate's getting higher. And you can't keep up with, like you can't, you can't take oxygen out of your blood or breathe out of your breath fast enough to supply your muscles. So you're going to hit a wall, you know, think about the hundred, hundred uh, meter dash, right. In the Olympics, most of those guys are hitting their top speed by halfway. Right. And then they're, they can't go any faster because their muscles are total. They can't get any more oxygen out of their blood that quickly. Right. So there you're, you're going into a period where you've got to use something else to keep your muscles going so whether that's kind of the the sugar stores or the carb stores that you have in your muscles or other things in the body um you, you can't just rely on your breath essentially so to piggyback off that think of aerobic means you need oxygen oxygen is required so any endurance athletes oxygen driven completely right they their oxygen is they're using oxygen to create energy that energy is used to propel them forward anaerobic is without so an means without Right. So, or no. So there's no oxygen available. So you're having to use, you know, your first ATP phase and then you're not really using any oxygen to do what you are. That's when you see people or if anyone watching this, it's when you were to run again, a hundred meter dash, or you were to do that bike workout. I just said that 20 seconds, you're not breathing super heavy when that's said and done, but your muscles are almost non-functional, right? They're like super burning. Like it feels really, really burny, which by the way, Let's get this out of the way here. It is not lactic acid buildup no. that makes your muscles not work. No. Right? It's just not, it's just not a true thing. So if you're listening no. to this and that blows your brain away, it's not lactic acid. No. Right? Your the, body uses people, lactic acid. Yeah. It's not. So as I understand it, so it's lactate and hydrogen ions. Yes. Building up, right? If I'm not mistaken, and earmuffs for anyone who's, I don't know, below the age of like, 10 lactic acids like i think only found in female parts <laughs> like i'm pretty sure it's only found in the vagina i'm like I as i understand it that's that's the i will look that up all the freaking fact checkers <laughs> in the world somebody's gonna come in here. i can't believe he said that have you found the magical lactic acid <laughs> sorry just i couldn't help it <laughs> uh, I couldn't help it. I had, to, I had to slide in a little, slide in a little one liner. Slide in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. And there it goes. And there it goes. Podcast is uh, done. We're about to get censored. Yeah, censored hard. No, we'll be um, okay. You can literally talk about anything these days. It's true. It's true. Anyways, so uh, back to quads being tired. Understand that aerobic, you need oxygen to create power or energy. 
anaerobic, you're not using oxygen because you need energy too quickly. And so that system is, you know, kind of slow and cumbersome, but it's reliable and it can last for a while. So we like to use both of those systems when we're talking about training. So we do need you to have a base level of endurance. And again, that endurance is the ability to play 18 holes, but we also want to work on your your global aerobic capacity. Can you do some high intensity steady state work or um, high intensity interval work? Can you do low intensity steady state work? Are you capable of doing that? Are we improving your heart health, your lung health? Because that is overall important. You know, just because it doesn't necessarily mimic golf, it is making you a better athlete. And just like, you know, it's just like we don't, we talk about gym exercises don't need to look like the golf swing. By making you more powerful, I'm making you a better golfer or at least I'm giving you the opportunity to produce more club head speed. The stronger I make you, the more you can attenuate the forces of the golf swing. The more endurance you get, the more conditioned you are, the better you're going to be at handling the game of golf. That doesn't mean it's a one-to-one -one ratio, but it's improving your ability to perform in those areas. Is that a fair description? Absolutely. And, you know, the more endurance you have, the longer you can potentially continue that power and strength and, and speed output, right? If you have a really small gas tank, you can't keep that speed and power up very long. But if you have that good baseline endurance, you can recover between shots. You can get your heart rate back down to a, to a reasonable level after, you know, something exciting happening or something stressful happening. Um, right. And yeah, we're improving the overall, your overall health, right? We want our heart rate to be low when we're just sitting around doing nothing. We don't want it racing all the time. We want our blood pressure low and doing this type of training can help lower those two, those two things, your heart rate, your blood pressure helps yeah. your heart just work better. As you said, right. The, the function of the muscle contracting and it can help your, your hormones too. Right. So as we get older, we all, all our hormone levels start to drop a little bit. Um, and that screws around with, you know, how we feel and, and how our bodies work. So if you can get some of this work in and, and get your hormones kind of surging through the body can help kind of stay, stabilize you that way too. Go work out. Don't lose your testosterone before you need to. Definitely not. Work, 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 work out to any of the men listening to this podcast right now. Working out will only help you women as well. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not the truth, but like, to see the amount of men as they age where testosterone is dropping yeah. and dumping, but they're sedentary. They're, they're not doing anything, right? I'm going on a hormone rant, which isn't, you know, I'm not in the I'm not an endocrinologist by any means, but we have plenty of data. Exercise helps you. You need growth hormone. You need testosterone. You need to produce testosterone, right? Yeah. You want your libido to go up, get in the gym. Yeah. And, and remember, I, I'm not an endocrinologist obviously either, but I've heard endocrinologists talk about this and the normal levels keep going down too, right? So right now, if you or and I were going to get a blood test and maybe we're in the normal level, I don't, I don't know what the numbers are, but let's just say the normal is 100 milligrams of, of testosterone in your blood. Back in like the 80s and especially in, you know, 50s and 40s, that normal level was way higher. Yeah. We're so just pretty, a bunch of datas. That's the just, answer to that story. We're just a bunch of data males. Just fading into the dark fading into the dark. Yeah. Which needs to be corrected in every way, shape, form in the world. Big time. Right? You, it's not, it is of no use to anybody. No use. You know, we are, we are Jordan Peterson people on this podcast all day, every day. There's nothing virtuous about a bunny no. because they're not scary. They can't do anything. You're virtuous. If you are a monster, 
It's one of the reasons that my slogan is be strong, be monsters, because it takes virtue to be a monster, but you control it. Exactly. But to be a monster, you've got to have the things necessary to be a monster. Testosterone is one of them. Like you've got to be a badass, but you have it under control. You could do terrible things, but you choose to do good things. We're going on a philosophical tangent here, but that is a giant belief of Tim and I's is to be great, to do great things. You actually have to be a monster. You just know how to control it because that's what makes you a person of character, of integrity, of kindness, where you're capable of doing crazy bad things because you're a monster, but you're a tamed monster. You're a control. It's violent, violent elegance, just like the golf yes. swing. It is violent elegance. And that is a staple of what we believe. So I don't know how we got on this tangent about being manly, but it's time to be manly. Like he just said, we shouldn't see testosterone dropping. Yeah. We need people to start seeing that shit go up. Get that tea up. Be a monster. Be, you know, I'm, I know we've talked about uh, our long list of future podcasts, but Harry Potter being one of them. Yes. He, know, he knows when to break the rules, right? He can be a monster when he needs to be, but for the large part, he's a good person. He follows the rules. So that's. Well, in, and in him is Voldemort. Right. Like Voldemort is part, like he sees through him. Like he's got yeah. the parcel tongue. Like he can talk to snakes. Like he has evil essentially. He's able of doing awful things yes. and he chooses to do what is good. He does. But let's what? save this. Let's save this. Good oh, stuff. But let's save this. Woo! Conditioning to Harry, to Jordan Peterson. If you've not read 12 Rules for Life, go buy it. And if you don't like that book, this probably isn't the podcast. For you not, to. Yeah, this isn't the podcast. For the you. same for you. There's plenty of others that you can go and, and fiddle with. Anyways. All right, back to conditioning. So um, let's talk about some misconceptions or things that we see that we don't love. One of which being people spend way too much time doing conditioning in a lot of cases. So Tim, what kind of athletes are golfers? Are they strength athletes? Are they endurance athletes? Or are they power athletes? We are definitely power athletes. Power. Power. I got the power. <laughs> yeah. uh, for, the, for those listening, we just had a, a little dance move, which is fantastic. I kept it. I kept it. I kept it tame. I was. I was going to come out with like the cabbage patch. <laughs> but anyways. But yes, yeah. power athletes. That's it. So we, you know, we want to obviously train that baseline gas tank, but we want uh, power and strength as well. So I, th I think people do the the conditioning stuff more because it's the easiest, right? I agree with that. Yeah. You know, like to go for a run, you just got to put your shoes on and go. Same thing with the bike, really. Like if you just put on a helmet, put on the, some shoes and go for a bike ride. Like you can, you can just do that stuff so easily. Walk elliptical. Yeah. Which is great. And that, that means you should do it. It's easy. It, if you like to do it, go do it. But I think we've got to mix up the type of conditioning that we're doing. Right. So that a, it's time efficient. Cause I think that's one of the most common oh. Uh, excuses that we hear is I can't, I just can't fit it in life. So busy with my family, with work, with trying to play golf, with, you know, all the stuff in life. Um, so Jackson, what are some ways that you like to mix it in? That's not just getting on the bike for 60 minutes or, um, you know, the, the, the usual. The usual stuff. Yeah. I, I would. So personally I do a lot of work that is quick. 
I like interval work. I like that it's quick, it's in, it's out. So if you have a half hour, 45 minute workout, a half hour is gonna be you doing power work and lifting, getting stronger. And I might devote 10 to 15 minutes to that bike workout I told you earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, cause a quick aerobic work like that, right? Is actually just as beneficial as if I had made you walk for 45 minutes. I've just condensed it. That's not to say that walking 45 minutes is useless. That does have its benefits. But just by getting that quick workout in, maybe at the end of a workout or it's like an extra off-day conditioning, I've benefited your cardiovascular system immensely. Right. The thing that I will say is that your conditioning, when in terms of prioritizing it in your training, should never your conditioning should never take away from your power and strength work. Because again, the principle of specificity, specifically, you're a power athlete. Anything that takes away from that does not help you as a golfer. Right. So that doesn't mean you don't do conditioning. It just means that it's the lowest on the totem pole of priority in your training modalities, power and strength. Honestly, just getting people stronger, they'll be better club head speed wise. But getting them powerful at that point is huge. Right. Your power athletes ensuring their mobility is where we need it to be. And then conditioning, ensuring beyond once it's beyond its base level improving that but that is tertiary to power and strength right and if we think about what like the health benefits and the you know uh, we've talked about aerobic capacity your heart rate your blood pressure like all those good benefits that you get from doing this conditioning stuff they're all pretty comparable whether you're doing like the aerobic steady state stuff or you're doing the interval training uh, anaerobic stuff it's just making sure we're doing it, doing them both in the right way, right? So when you described what you like to do with your people, 20 seconds on, on uh, you know, a minute and 10 off. seconds uh, yeah. off, you're giving them enough recover, uh, enough time off, right? To rest, recover, and then really exert themselves in that 20 seconds. Yeah. If you're doing something, you know, Tabata is great in some, in some areas, but if you're doing 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off, and that's all you're doing and you're doing a lot of it, I mean, you're redlining yourself. You know, right. you're just you're going to get some of those benefits, but you're also, excuse me, you're going to be so tired that it's really hard for your body to recover. So it can put all the effort and all the intensity into that next rep that you need to do. So we want to make sure that we're being time effective. We want to make sure we're getting those good health benefits, which you can get with both aerobic and anaerobic. Um, And you want to do, do what you like, you know, you don't have to ride the bike if you hate the bike. Yeah. Tim just brought up a super important point. The We didn't really give you the why of, obviously you don't wanna use a bunch of conditioning to take away from power and strength. But one of the other reasons is if it is affecting your ability to recover, mm-hmm. conditioning and endurance cannot be that big of a role if they're affecting your ability to recover the next day and get the power and strength work in. Right. Right. Your, your workouts should not be so damaging to you physiologically. I say damaging loosely. They should not be so exhausting to you physiologically that it's affecting your ability to recover and thus perform the next day. Right. Because the gym, right, just like conditioning is you know tertiary to everything, the gym is secondary to the golf course. The goal is to perform on the golf course and be jacked to shit with six pack and look good at the beach. Maybe that's secondary too, but hey, it all looks good stuff. But the goal is to play better golf and to be better on the golf course. The gym is designed to improve the trainable qualities that will make you better at that. And conditioning is then there to also make sure that you're athletic enough to do that as well. 
But if the gym or your conditioning, your endurance work is hindering your ability to recover and thus perform on the golf course, that's an issue. And we have to make some adjustments to your program from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think another one that I hear misconception wise is that, it, you know, if I'm just, I'm just going to go to the gym and do something, or I'm going to go out for a walk and just get my heart rate up. What, what do you think about, uh, about that mindset? About just going outside and walking to get my heart. Yeah. Rate? Yeah. Like I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to go exercise. I'm just going to get my heart rate up and, you know, do whatever. So first immediate thoughts to that is we almost never work out as hard as we think we do, right? There are some people in the world that are redliners, like you were talking about, where they will just go balls to the wall, hard as they can. Most people that I've worked with and experienced with don't work out nearly as hard as they think they do. So when you say, I'm going to go get a walk and get my heart rate up, yeah, your heart rate might have gone up a little bit, but you really didn't make any changes. You're not tired. It didn't affect you a whole lot. So is you didn't really do anything. So it's 100%. not like you've not, you've accomplished nothing essentially. A hundred percent. I'll usually when people say that to me, I'll ask them if they have like a Fitbit or something and just check their heart rate, you know, cause it doesn't, it does go up a little bit, but it doesn't go up a whole heck of a lot. And remember we want to hit certain zones so that we're, we're in that kind of golden zone of stressing your body hard enough that you're going to actually make some changes for the better. But not stretching, stressing it so hard that you can't really recover. Right. You know, you can easily go over, but you can also easily stay under. So we want to make sure that we are doing some harder, focused, intentional work. And, and I think we want to have a plan too. You know, yeah. you want to know, like, you know, today's Thursday, so today is my, uh, you know, hit day. I'm going to go do a hit class and and do some of those high intensity intervals. Tomorrow, I'm going to be a little more tired and a little more sore from today. So. Tomorrow is going to be my yoga day and I'm going to go right. kind of relax and recover and stretch. Yep. Got to have a plan. That's true. And again, remember there may be things in your program, like you just talked about where we will overstretch or we'll overreach a little bit. We're really trying to tax the system mm -hmm. so that adaptation has to occur. But then after that, we have to be able to recover. Like Tim just said, it might be like a big overreach. Like it may be one of those days where we're, you know, we've done some testing plyometric wise, or it was like a heavier deadlift day, or it was a heavier squat day. And we did some conditioning at the end of it and you're tired. So the next day, pending that it was actually taxing enough for you and it wasn't just a joke, you may need to do a yoga workout or go take a walk or only go play nine holes, whatever it ends up being. <laughs> um, that is a super important point from a program perspective um, that you need to consider. What else? What else is there in the conditioning world that's that's important? The, the other one I hear a lot of times is, you know, someone will have an injury, right? So they'll um, they'll hurt their back or they'll hurt their knee, roll their ankle, and they've got to take, you know, maybe two months off and really, you know, nurse their injury, rehab their injury, and then they're ready to go. They don't have pain anymore. They haven't done much, but they're ready to go. Can you just jump right back in where you were two months ago when you rolled your ankle? Nope, sure can't. And I, and that's for conditioning, strength, power, for the gym as a total. That's not the way that we do it, which is one of the reasons why rehab is having a good PT or Cairo, whoever your health care practitioner is that's helping you recover from your injury. It's so important that they understand training 
and that they understand how to load you and how to progress you. And you're not just doing freaking quad sets and short art quads and this crap all the way through PT, right? Are they, especially if you're an athlete, are you getting back to lunging, squatting? Are we gradually building you up? Because in that case, things are a little bit different. We'll use the ankle sprain as an example. You sprained your ankle in a bunker on hole three, whatever. And it's a pretty bad sprain. And if you've not loaded that thing over the next four to six weeks, and then you go right back to doing what you were doing, that's going to be an issue. Are you going to be okay? Probably. Yeah. But you may be predisposed to another ankle sprain. Sure. Your cardiovascular system is not as strong as it was. Your muscles are not producing force like they were. We know that first four to six weeks of training, your nervous system is adapting and you're getting strong quickly. But your tissues might not be ready to handle a lot of force. You're also going to be nervous about putting weight onto that ankle, or especially if it's your lead foot. Are you, are you comfortable loading into your lead foot in your follow through? Mm-hmm. Right. That's why having a good strength coach, you know, guys like Tim and I, who are rehab professionals, and strength coaches understand how to take you through that because a lot of people will, well, I've not really done anything for six months and I went out and played 18 holes and walked and I really can't walk today. Everything hurts. I'm tired. I don't feel good. My back hurts, whatever it ends up being. Mm -hmm. So it is very important that as you're rehabbing, you are building back slowly, right? You're slowly, you know, once the ankle can handle biking, get on the bike for 15 minutes perfect. At least your heart rate's getting up. You know, once you feel comfortable swinging a golf club, get out to the range, start hitting golf balls. It might be limited, but we're going to build that up over time back to where you were as opposed to zero to hero. And then probably back to 50% or zero. Exactly. And I, that's a question close to my heart because I, as a runner, and I've seen a lot of runners in the past, that's what they'll typically do, right? Nurse a little knee pain, shut it down for two months or even I had one guy who had to shut it, you know, on and off, shut it down for a year and a half. And then he was, he was all upset because he couldn't run uh, the same time, you know, the same average pace in his training runs as he did when he was a senior in college, which was four years ago. Right. So he's talking about himself four years ago in better shape. He had the last year and a half. He doesn't done much. You shouldn't be running those, those speeds. Right. You, you haven't put in that that baseline amount of work. So you, it's definitely important to, you know, give yourself the necessary time to recover and, and rehab your injury. And then make sure you're working with someone who can help you gradually work back in so that it doesn't happen again. Benefits of a coach. One of That's the biggest it. benefits of having a coach is somebody who can guide you on the right path of what do I, you just, you just talked about it. Having realistic expectations is half the battle, right? Having, having bad expectations gets everybody in trouble. I should be able to do this because I used to be able to do this. Well, you used to be able to do that because you put in the work to be able to do that. So to expect that you're going to have that without putting the work in is pretty foolish. You can't expect to be the CEO of the company if you don't work for it, Right. right? It takes blood, sweat, tears, and getting in and out of the gym to get the goals that you want to get. You don't lose 20 pounds by changing nothing, right? Or expect that you can just do it. That's one of my, when people talk about they lose a step, this is a soapbox for me. Think of it like this. When you were in high school, you said you were a cross country guy. How many days a week did you train? Uh, six. 
Six. Okay. For how long? Two hours a day? Three hours a day? Yeah. At least an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay. So we'll say, we'll say an hour just to be nice. So six days a week at an hour. That's six hours per week of exercise, of activity. Okay. Yeah. So you then go to college and you're, you do it recreationally, but maybe it's, you get like four runs in a week and they're all an hour each because that's four hours a week. Okay. You get out, you start getting into the working world and you're lucky if you get two runs in a week. And they usually tend between like 30 and 45 minutes. If you're lucky, you get an hour. So high end, two hours a week. And you're upset that you've gained weight. You're not as conditioned as you were. You're not as thin as you were. Well, let's look at something. You used to train six hours a week. Now you train at most two hours a week. A third of what you used to do. It's not that you've lost a step. You stopped stepping. Precisely. That's a problem. And you need to look in the mirror to assess that problem. I went on a rant about this on Instagram yesterday. People are not willing to look in the mirror and say, I'm not doing enough to reach the goals that I have, which means those goals, though they may seem important, they're not that important to you because it doesn't hurt enough for you to actually want to do it. Right. It's hard to do. It's definitely hard to do. It's not easy, but it's necessary. It is. It is. is. But you're not losing a step. Again, you just stop stepping. Get stepping. Get stepping. Get to stepping. Well, I think that's, I don't know. Do you have anything else? I think that's a good place to end it. I think that covers, that covers everything. Um, I think that, that just about puts us where we are. Um, I guess, I guess a side note that has nothing to do with, with golf or anything, but Tim and I went on a weird little philosophical rant today about Jordan Peterson and uh, working hard for things and, and, and all of that, you know, the world right now is in freaking chaos And I think as people that are listening to this podcast and watching this from your phone or the internet, and you've got freaking running water and life's pretty good. We have grocery stores. We can go get what we need. Like we play golf for fun. Like Tim and I get on this podcast and we just talk about golf and sports and fitness and health and nutrition. And, you know, I've got golf clubs behind me and books and a house. And, you know, we have, you know, as Americans, we have so much, right? We have awesome lives. We have access to things. We have the freedom to go be literally whatever you want to go be. You want to open up a store, open up a store, right? You want to become the next big thing, become the next big thing. No one, you have that ability immediately. And uh, with what's going on in the world and in Afghanistan, you're seeing kids that are begging to come here or be saved by soldiers. And it just, Terrible things. This isn't to be political in any way. It's just to be grateful that we have petty problems. Like our problems are nothing. Like, oh, my shaft broke or, oh, I can't hit the ball 10 yards further. Yes, those are problems that we want to work on. And, you know, getting in the gym is a problem that Tim and I are passionate about and working out and being healthy. But one of the other things is being good stewards of what we have. We are blessed beyond measure, beyond compare, beyond compare. And I think it's important for us to be good stewards of that and make sure that we don't miss the fact that other people are struggling. And we may not be able to fly over and help people or donate all the money in the world, but at the very least, be a good steward of what you have 
and don't be wasteful and be grateful for what we have. We have little problems. Our problems are nothing compared to some people. So on this podcast, we will talk about this stuff. You know, we are not afraid to talk about it because we believe in personal responsibility for your actions and what you think and what you do. And that is vital to success in this world. And we believe that wholeheartedly. So moving forward, we may talk about it more, but I think that that's, <clears throat> excuse me, that's something that's, it's been bothering me recently because I think people are just have become ungrateful for the fact that we live in an amazing place with amazing opportunities. And I think we really need to sit back and appreciate that more than we do now. Well said. Amen. That's it. I feel better. Good. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Well, enjoy yourself a little bit of bourbon tonight. Put the feet up. Recover. Oh, yeah. Get after it this weekend. Tomorrow morning. Deadlifts. Let's go. Deadlifts. Deadlifts in the morning. Another note. Tim and I are coming out with a real awesome program talking about training, fitness, how to train as a golfer, the importance of it, educating you on it, and then showing you the movements you need to become the best golfer possible and the best athlete possible and to look super good when you take your clothes off. So that will be coming out in the very near future. Keep your eyes peeled. We're going to be putting out some more info on that coming up soon. But the Golf Strong Project is going to be coming to a golf course near you. If you're mm -hmm. interested, you got a golf course that wants us to come talk. We've already got some that are getting lined up. Let us know. We'll get in touch. Otherwise, there's also going to be an online component where you can get this baby right delivered in the comfort of your home, on your computer. You can watch us, enjoy a glass of bourbon like we probably will this evening, and it'll all be good. So keep your eyes peeled for that. It'll be coming out. Tim, the last word. That's it. Get after it this weekend. That's right. All right, folks. I'll holler at you. Peace.